From the Sporting News Studios, this is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Matt Litevsky. Big week, Billy. Big week. Huge week. Really kind of is. They all are. But this one, every time we get later in the season, it becomes bigger and bigger. Yeah, gross. It does. Sorry, News Fans Football intern Billy Hayen here. I am Matt Letusky, and we are going to break down week nine in the fantasy football world. As we always do, we look at highest training players. We look at the good matchups, bad matchups, see if we can spot some sleepers. Some, but We don't like to say bust. You know, you can play them if you want. That's up to you, but we're just going to talk. We start every week. We look back at last week at things we got wrong. Pretty good last week, I would say. I don't think we were off on too much stuff. No, we had a solid batting average, I think. Solid, but one thing we were off on, and I think I was the one standing up for him. I don't remember for sure, but there's some Daniel Jones hate in here. And I was like, well, he's got a good matchup. And sure enough, he went out and had a huge week. Started off ugly. Yeah, started off ugly, man. When he threw that ball backwards to start the game for a touchdown, it was yeah. like, well, he's still a rookie. Yeah, and, and he is, and that's why yeah. I think it's still good to play defenses against him for sure. But he wound up with, what, four touchdowns? Four touchdown passes, 322 yards. There was some uh, sort of come from behind that helped him, but that'll probably be the case a lot this year. Yeah, I think so. It, yeah. So he's going to be interesting to watch. Like I think he's very matchup dependent. And like this week against the Cowboys— you're probably not going to want to start him. No. But I think he's interesting. He's got Saquon. I don't know if Sterling Shepard. It feels like Sterling Shepard's never going to return. Yeah, I mean, two concussions in five weeks, man. I mean, yeah. just, that doesn't sound good. But still, Tate, still, I mean, it's weird how Ingram, I guess Ingram scored last week. But I mean, he's got a good thing going with Darius Slayton, too. Darius Slayton, it's a weird thing. You know, we had the Red Ellison touchdown a couple weeks ago. The bottom line is... In the rushing ability, it gives him a higher floor most weeks, but very matchup dependent, but a guy who's interesting to watch going forward in the right matchup. I think he has a good one week 10. 10 is the Jets, yeah. Yeah. So little metal lands duel. Yeah, that's right. So that could be a good one. So another guy, I'm hesitant to say we were wrong on him. I feel like everyone was wrong about the whole situation. Yep. And that's Ty Johnson. And, you know, we did say, hey, he's got a really good matchup. I mean, I just didn't see it coming at all. The whole Trey Carson leading the team in carries, getting the start. I don't know if anyone did. Well, I, I don't think if you had asked us during the podcast last Wednesday what team Trey Carson was on, we knew he had been on the Packers. Right. I don't think we even knew he was on the Lions. We might yeah. have thought about J.D. McKissick. Well, yeah. But uh, there, there was no, at least anywhere that we saw, there was no like, hey, Trey Carson's here and he might play. Right. There was, yeah, the old beat writer throwing, you know, just sort of a throwaway line maybe in a news and notes article right. on a Thursday like yeah Trey Carson's getting some reps in practice right didn't see and it was just Ty Johnson Ty Johnson and uh sure enough you know he still had four targets he still had I think seven carries yep, but seven carries. he didn't do anything with them nope and it was a good matchup and then you look at this week against the Raiders statistically not a great matchup I mean I I don't think we have any choice but to assume Trey Carson's still gonna be involved whether or not he gets I mean, he didn't do anything he right. didn't look good but but it feels like the way they used him that 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 carry split is going to be 50 50 ish right and paul yeah. perkins is involved and mckissick like we said i mean it's a more guys play it i i, I wouldn't touch that at and all the fact week. that apparently the lions were in talks to trade for Devonte freeman tells you they're not happy with the situation 
uh, at all at running back. So they didn't make a trade, at least, I guess. But I don't know. It feels like we're going to—there's a—how many games they got left in the season? Eight of them, I guess? Yeah. They'll be— Four or five guys lead them in rushing yards. The rest, like yeah. individual games, and then like if there's an injury, and uh, right, it's a mess. And if there's an injury, then all of a sudden it'll be. I was just surprised that no one, maybe because people were burned last week with Ty Jot, no one really picked up Trey Carson. Literally, no one picked up Trey Carson, and, and why uh, not? Yeah, I don't know why not. I was I was wondering that. Did, yeah, did, did you sort of. I don't know. You don't have to be as all in as people were on Ty Johnson, but it's like the starting running back thing, like. Well, and uh, did they have a goal to go like running situation last week? Um, I don't they, remember. Yeah, they were just throwing, throwing touchdowns. It felt right. long ones, but that's another thing. If we see like, well, Trey Carson gets ten plus carries and the goal line carries, right? I mean, in week ten when there's six buys, right? You could be in trouble. You I might mean, be- that's basically what Peyton Barber does, and he's owned in a lot of leagues, right? <laughs> but also, still not enough as he should be. I don't think, no. even though he's. But Sox, we, we don't have to talk about the Bucks yeah. running back. They make us sad. Yeah, they really do. All right, another guy. I'm only putting him on here because we very were dismissive. Like he's not. He like we almost said without saying he shouldn't be on fantasy teams, and that was Damian Williams. And I think it's fair that we said that because he had really sort of been a no show, barely played type guy, and then he comes out. And I don't know if it was totally in response to LaShawn McCoy fumbling, but he started getting more playing time. Maybe it was just in response to the fact that Chiefs were trailing, so they wanted him out there. But he gets out there. He had something like, what, eight, nine touches, something like that, scored a touchdown. And now I think a lot of people are like, well, is he the lead back? I still think it's McCoy. I don't know if Williams has any real value. But oddly enough, I think he has more value with Matt Moore because they're more likely to trail – yeah, it's interesting homes. though because he didn't even have a target last week. So right, it, it's it's really kind of random in that backfield. I mean, he hasn't played more than half the snaps since week two. Yeah, um, I, I, he's like interesting again once Mahomes gets back because that offense just runs does everything well when Mahomes is there. But I don't know how you could rely on him as a starter in a given week unless Shady were to get hurt. Yeah, even in I mean, he might like have a week where he scores right. twenty fantasy points. Because that's just sort of how their offense goes. Like it, we've seen it with the receivers. I mean, Hardman has still been somewhat relevant, even though we didn't expect that, just because that's how their offense works. Right. Am I crazy to think Daryl Williams is their best back? Dude, he looks pretty good when he does stuff. <laughs> like uh, if they just played him, would they just be better off? I don't know. I mean, Shady has looked like more sort of shifty and bursty than yeah. I, than he looked last year. He he looks sort of revitalized. Yeah. Um, he still carries the ball d- like a loaf of bread, though. But it's kind of fun. It's sort of like the charm to it's him. It's exciting but, to uh, watch, but. If but, I was a Chiefs fan, I yeah, would not. Yeah, Damian Williams it. doesn't really do anything for me. No, and look, we were we were on that at the beginning of the year. Not that we were the only ones, but he was like in every bust article I think yeah. we wrote. Yeah. And you know, people got really. And that was before Shady was there. Right. Now, to be fair, Darwin Thompson was like in every sleeper article, and he's not even on the right. radar. But yeah, it's just such a weird situation with them. And who can you count on? It's so weird that a team that you think of as having this great offense. You're like, they have two guys you can count on, other than Mahomes, of course, right. but Kelsey and Hill, and that's right. it. And it, but, it. But it's interesting on the flip side, too. You would, like, if I had Damian Williams on a team, which I don't, I would, like, never consider dropping him because it feels like he's, right. like, a snap of the fingers away from being the man, even though, I don't know, if we added up all the running back direction the last few weeks, I don't know if that would still be the man, but right. it just feels like it. Yeah. It's, like, right there. Like, Well, he was so good at the end of last year. Right. You're thinking, what's up, man? What's up, Andy Reid? 
uh, why why are you going away from this guy who helped you win games and did well in the playoffs? Yeah, for you? I mean he hasn't been able to run at all this year. I don't know no. if that's on him. I mean, thirteen for twenty six, nine for eight, nine for twenty three, nine for seven. It's brutal. His seven for thirty last week was his best one. I mean, yeah. Then that's not that great. It's brutal. It's brutal. So that'll be something to watch too. All right, let's get into our highest trending players. We always pick a different search engine to search for these guys. We had to travel to India for this one. I don't know if you've ever been. We went there to get the search engine. So that's right. I've heard it's beautiful. But uh, one, two, three, Koj. I'm gonna say is how it's pronounced, though I don't know that for sure. I like any search engine that has numbers in it. But yes, it is one of the biggest search engine. Engines of Indian origin. I think that's. I think they use a lot of Chinese search engines there, but this is one that's. It started there. All right. Homegrown. So we're going to one, two, three, coach these guys. And one of the highest trending players, of course, James Connor, along with Jalen Samuel. So Samuels. So Connor was awesome on Monday night, as expected, against the Dolphins. And then, I mean, it was late in the game. And it was only a two-score game, so I've seen some people sort of ripping Mike Tomlin and the Steelers for him being in, but it was a two-score game. I mean, that's not crazy to leave your start. No, he, 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 it made sense to have him on the Yeah, and uh, injures his shoulder, came down hard on it. They were seen mouthing the word clavicle, the trainer was, which is always scary. But it's been radio silent since then, Yeah, they, which they, to me is a good sign, because if it was just flat-out broken or something, I think we'd know. I did. I definitely think it was broken. We would know. It, it does feel like one of those situations where the whole backfield's dinged up, and maybe yes. they're just sort of like they don't want to give away their whole hand too early. Well, that's the big thing. So Benny Snell left that game with a knee injury, and I don't think we know anything about him either. Right? No, the only thing we really know is that Jalen Samuels is ready to go. Right. So this is a guy who had knee surgery a couple weeks ago, had been out since week five, and he practiced in full last week. I think most people thought he was going to be active, and he wasn't. Right. But he got cleared by Mike Tomlin on Tuesday. He's good to go. He, If he wasn't a top waiver claim, this is a bad week for waiver claims, but if he wasn't a top waiver claim, he certainly should have been, I think, just in case. I mean, could have been a wasted one, but there's upside there. Wasn't available in our league. I was, was disappointed by that. <laughs> but so Connor... You know, who knows? I feel like he's going to miss this game, but who knows? Like, they can't afford to lose games. But, uh, yeah, if Samuels is the guy and if Snell's hurt, that leaves Trey Edmonds as the only other guy who's nothing special. Right. He's not Chase Edmonds. I think people will be seduced by that. It's close enough. (laughs) We've seen Samuel start and have big games last year when Connor was out. We've seen him obviously have a big game this year when they were running the gimmick offense. They check down so much. I feel like he could have value even as the number two. I don't know what to make of this backfield right now. Yeah, I mean, James Conner, we really don't know. And Jalen Samuels, like you said, we've seen him be good in stints. And it feels like if Conner's out, Samuels is probably starting somewhere in most fantasy leagues. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's not like an awesome just rusher. You sort of do need him to get involved in the in the check down yeah. game and maybe some of the gimmicky stuff again. Well, but, but he's just going to get right, he's just going to get action and yeah. Again, I don't know. We were all excited about <laughs> the action Ty Johnson was going to get last week and right. that backfire but like volume is volume for running backs. I just they're like I know they did okay against the Dolphins Dude, but it was the Dolphins. Dude, Mason Rudolph looked like a high school quarterback. Dude, he was terrible. Like that third and 20 touchdown before halftime was just well, we could have done that. Yeah, it was dumb. I don't want to say dumb luck, but it was dumb it was luck. Dumb you were luck. playing Miami. The touchdown to Juju was just a great play by him. Right. 
they're they're not good offensively. I think it's sort of being masked a little bit by by that matchup and also the the Chargers game where things got real weird. That wasn't even Rudolph. Well, the Chargers stink too. There you go. And yeah, they're just a weird team. So this is a, this is definitely a situation where you don't feel great going against Indy this week who statistically low in fantasy points allowed to running backs, but they do allow a pretty good amount of yards per carry. We kind of saw that last week with the Broncos doing pretty well against them. So if Samuel's the only game in town, I think he's a must-start probably running back too. Connor's healthy. He's obviously a must-start. I don't know if Samuels can work as a PPR flex, but he should be on teams. We'll put it that way. And, you know, Benny Snell, I have no idea. I feel like he's hurt, though. Like he's hurt, hurt. Yeah, I don't know. If he wasn't and Connor was out, then I think Snell is – actually, I don't know. But I would like Snell better as a first choice, but who knows what Pittsburgh does. Yeah. You know, I think Snell's better than Samuels. Yeah, so do I. But, but that's not how they were using him earlier. Right. Year, so. uh, all right, let's go to another guy who's being searched. Really the one trade we had this week anyway. Last week there was a couple wide receivers, but this week the one trade, all the talk, Le'Veon Bell's name gets floated, all sorts of other guys, but all we get is a Kenyon Drake trade. How exciting. That and, we, and it's like a stopgap trade. Right, and it's a trade we knew was coming since like week three. <laughs> yep. Uh, but Kenyon Drake gets traded to the Cardinals. Who all sorts of injury problems? We know about David Johnson, Chase Edmonds, and gets hurt. I would guess neither are playing. I mean, we kind of know. I think we kind of know neither are playing on Thursday. Yeah, and that's going to leave Drake. I, I, should be fine. There should be enough time for a running back to get yeah. up to speed. And plus, they just don't want to play Zach Zander or Alfred Morris. I'm sure <laughs> for sure. So even though it is Alfred Morris' revenge game, which is big. <laughs> so the matchup against the 49ers is less than ideal for Kenyon Drake. I feel like in PPR leagues, he he still matters because he should catch passes. I just don't see him doing much of anything in this game. No, I mean, the odds of a touchdown are low. The odds of a good yards per carry are low. Uh, I did just put him in a PPR lineup last night for this week, mm-hmm. but I don't think I would touch him in standard. I mean, it's uh, it's not an awful bye week really running back-wise, so you probably are okay um, without Drake. And, and plus, it's that weird, like, Thursday night, it's like if you're a James Conner owner and right. and like you have Drake, like you don't really want to play Drake over James Conner. Maybe it, ba- it like probably doesn't backfire that bad on you right. if you said Drake. Well, and just and just yeah, the matchup and everything about it, and also is he fully up to speed? I mean, is he going to play well, half snaps? That's the problem. You have no idea. It's yeah. about as big of an unknown as you could have for a guy that like feels like he could get 20 carries. He could also get two. Yeah, I mean, he's a good— Like, I was looking at his career stats, 4.6 yards a carry. We know he's a good pass catcher. I feel like he, he's talented. For whatever reason, the Dolphins, old coaching regime, new coaching regime, just didn't want to play the guy or well, feature him. Yeah, he's definitely good. I mean, if this was a game against, like, the Seahawks or something, I'd be like, yeah, right. plug Kenyon Drake right in. The 49ers yeah. have just been so good. And they're really good at limiting passing yards to backs. Like, Christian McCaffrey got him last week because Christian McCaffrey. Right. But other than that, it's really tough to trust anyone against him. And this also obviously opens the door for Mark Walton, who had basically been the lead back in the couple weeks prior uh, to Kenyon Drake getting traded, even when he was still there. We saw Mark Walton Monday night. He didn't do anything. He lost a fumble. That's probably a product of the team. But he's going to continue to be on that team. He is a starting running back, so that's something. He has a great matchup this week against the Jets. That's something. But we also have seen Kalen Balazs vulture touchdowns. We've seen Kalen Balazs run wildcat inside the 10. So I don't know what Mark Walton's ceiling is it's not very high 
but it's enough, especially this week with a good matchup to start, I feel. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, especially in PPR leagues, I mean, they're obviously going to trail pretty much all the time, so he'll get those dump-off passes. And I was just looking at uh, fantasy playoff schedules, and the Dolphins have a stupidly good one. They really do. Um, so, I mean... Jets, Indy, Buffalo coming up. None of that's like super scary. No, Buffalo uh, quietly not a great. And Walton defense. had a good game against Buffalo the first time. Right. So I, I, I mean, this morning it was like Walton's owning forty six percent of Yahoo leagues. Like he should be owning basically all of them. I think as a starting running back, who like minimum most weeks he's going to get fifteen touches. Right. And he's like a decently shifty, explosive player. It's not like he's just a total plotter like a mm-hmm. Balage plotter where, where like. You need him to fall in the end zone. Like Walton could could uh, skip free a few times. Yeah. Well, just as a receiving back in garbage time. Oh, for sure. That's yeah. I, I I think people are sleeping on Walton at least time. to an extent. It's crazy. I get that they're the Dolphins. Believe me, I get it. But it's crazy. He's still owned in but, what sub forty percent of leagues. Right. And and I don't think he's really that different from how we viewed Drake like a couple weeks into the season, right. where we were still putting him in like low RB two flex range. Like mm-hmm. that's what Walton's going to be every week. Right. Now, I agree with that, so that'll be a weird situation. Is Kalen Balazs worth owning? I, I, I asked that as a Kalen Balazs owner. but <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. I, I mean, so the, if if he's the goal line back, which he ran that wildcat, but then came out for Walton the next play. So bad. Like, they're never down by the goal line, and he only right. played like 10% of snaps. Yeah, I mean, they don't, they don't want him on the field. He drops open back. I mean, that dude's bad. Uh, um, he really is. They'll, they'll keep him playing because they're tanking, but right. uh, sure. it's a good way to tank, play Caleb Blas. It really it, maybe, it is. Maybe he'll take advantage of that fantasy playoff schedule when they're playing the Tua Bowl in Week 16 against the Bengals, and they really need to lose. That's why he's on my team. Balazs is going to go crazy. That's my dream. All right. Or throw, fumble three times. We'll throw this guy in, Patrick Mahomes. There's, we really don't know anything about him. I contend he's going to play this week. I think he was c- close last week. We heard he wanted to go back into the week before. <laughs> right. I think the Chiefs, they're not in a must-win spot just because of their division, but I don't think they want to lose anymore. <laughs> That's for sure. They've lost three home games already this year. This is a tough matchup against the Vikings. I think he's going to play. We got to report on Sunday, old reliable Ian Rappaport, there's a realistic chance Mahomes could return in week 10. That actually makes me think he's more likely to play in week 9, honestly. <laughs> because that, it was Rappaport. Yeah, that he's dismissing it. Uh, but the, the radio silence from Adam Schefter on this, I think, is interesting, too. I don't know. I, th- it's just a gut feeling. Obviously, I'm basing it on nothing. And it's pretty—the fantasy advice is pretty standard. If he plays, you're playing him. If he doesn't, downgrade Sammy Watkins, etc. So I don't know. There's not much more to say, but— I don't know if you have anything to add on that. I don't think so. Um, it's pretty straightforward. He's Patrick Mahomes, and uh, yeah, you would never not play him if he's on the field, right? You Even do, if, I guess as a Mahomes owner, you really just hope they don't like bring him back one week too early and he gets hurt worse. But yeah, but obviously as a Mahomes owner, you also have no control over that, right? So I guess the real the real impact would be Vikings defense. That's true. Okay, going a, against Matt Moore, you love him. Going against yeah. Mahomes, even limited mobility, Mahomes. Yeah, you can't, you can't play, play against Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one more guy we'll talk about. We'll throw in Brandon Cooks. You know, he left the game last week with a concussion. Fantasy owners are used to that with different, you know, it can happen any game right. to any player. Uh, they have a bye this week, so he's a little bit out of sight, out of mind. But we got the report yesterday. He's seeing a specialist. It was very sort of, you know, he was talking about. Brandon Cooks, the person and his career and whatnot, which you know I'm not right. I'm not down, you know downplaying that or ridiculing him in any way for that. But the point is, like this could be 
a, an abs like a multi week absence for fantasy owners. Right. It's his third concussion, I think, in four years. Reported yeah. concussions and and uh, I even remember like Sunday. I don't remember wh- which tweet I saw. There was like reference to like Cook's history of concussions. So mm-hmm. I don't know if there were more in college, but it it definitely sounds like something that that people sort of right off the bat were a little concerned about. Yeah, and look, Josh Reynolds came in, had a good game, saw what, like seven targets, yeah, scored a touchdown. a touchdown. Now, Josh Reynolds last year when Cooper Cup got hurt, he was all over waiver wire, right. recommended pickups, and didn't do a ton. Certainly wasn't consistent. So, and I think this year with, with Gerald Everett emerging a little bit, it might be even less likely that he's consistent. I mean, he had some good games last year at a two touchdown game in week eight. You know, uh, his high for yards was 80 yards and a touchdown against Kansas City in week 11 in that insane game. And then he had two touchdowns in week 16. He started most of those games or all of those specific games started like the last half of the season, basically. I, he's worth a pickup just because of the offense and the upside, but I don't. I don't know if he's going to be like a reliable wide receiver three. Yeah, I mean, it's is he really that different, you know, from Robert Woods in terms of right. there's a lot of weapons in the offense, and some weeks he uh, Woods has good ones, and some weeks he does almost nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Woods is better than Reynolds, but I think what we saw last week like could happen a few more times if Cooks were to be out. Right. So, well, I think that's the question. Does this make Robert Woods more valuable? I, I I would think so, but maybe not. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, he's going to play his—I mean, he's, like, on the field every play. Mm-hmm. They like using him in weird blocky ways, and he runs his shorter routes, and he's going to keep doing that. Yeah. And so I—maybe he sees, like, a target more a game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's drastic, though. Right. I think—I mean, I think that's what Reynolds has going for him, is he's probably most like Brandon Cooks mm-hmm. in terms of, of how they use them. So, yeah, you know— they both line up outside more than the other guys. I, I think it takes a little home run potential away from that offense and slightly hurts Jared Goff, but not enough where you'd bench him, you know. Right, it doesn't really change any yeah. decision-making there. And and you can probably, I mean, if you like like Reynolds this week, you can probably sit and sneak him in on, like, even a free agent pickup next week probably. With right, because of the buy. Yeah. He'll go under the radar. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get to the good matchups. Bad matchups for Week 9, the buys, Falcons, Rams, Bengals, Saints. So some good offensive teams there. One really bad offensive team that good some kickers. good kickers. Uh, some team that always had you know the Bengals are bad, but they always have a wide receiver. <laughs> yep, or two. Who's on and and it's not Tyler Boyd somehow. Yeah, I don't know how that works. All right, let's go to quarterback. Good matchups. There's a lot of borderline quarterbacks with good good matchups on paper. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, at Arizona. Sam Darnold at Miami, Gardner Minshew in London against the Texans, Derek Carr, who's been awesome for the last two weeks, at home against Detroit. They're finally back home after like a month and a half of being on the road, being in London, having to buy. And then Kirk Cousins, uh, who disappointed, I think, a lot of fantasy owners last week. Uh, He's at Kansas City. Of those guys, who do you look at and say, he's a starter? I I mean Donald against Miami's great, but something about Donald sort of scares me a little bit. Um, He's scared of ghosts, but and it's, uh, and it's Halloween. But weekend. but I like Jimmy G. I honestly like all of them, I, which makes it hard to say that they're all starters. Though I think I like Jimmy G. and Gardner Minshew the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the offenses that they both have the the players around. So them. you think Jimmy G.'s gonna pass enough? I mean, all the running backs are hurt except Tevin Coleman. So yeah, maybe. I think I think that helps. Emmanuel Sanders helps. Um, Obviously, the, the Kittle against the Arizona Kittle's thing is there. Eat. So, 
I mean, Jimmy G is throwing the ball to Kittle on those plays. Um, it He's feels like touchdowns called back though. Yeah, it feels like a three touchdown kind of game for Ooh, for Garoppolo. It, maybe it comes to two hundred yards, but that's still plenty good for right. you. So Ryan Tannehill like special. So I like Carr the most. He's just been really good. Yeah. And Detroit gives up the most passing yards. Tyrell's back. I do worry a little bit about Jacobs running all over Detroit, but I don't know. I like Carr. I, I like Darnold. It feels like Miami. The problem, same thing though, where Le'Veon Bell could just run all over Miami. Right. And they don't need him to do much, but it does feel like Robbie Anderson's hitting like a fifty yarder. It does. I mean, you have that decision on your team, right? Didn't you stash Darnold? But then, yeah. then you were like, "Oh man, Derek Carr against the truck. I picked up Carr for last week. Right. And Matt Ryan was hurt, so right now Carr's in the in the lineup, and I don't like it. But we'll see. Jimmy G, I agree, good spot. Cousins, again, that's Dalvin Cook should run all over them, right? And you just, I think it's proven, it was proved last week, you can't trust him to actually throw touchdowns even if he's getting yards. Yeah, I mean, they like both those running backs so much. That yeah. It, I mean, in a, in a way, it's a lot like Garoppolo mm-hmm. um, in that sense, but even more the, so for the Vikings. But I the think. difference is, like, the Chiefs are a much worse run defense right. than the Cardinals. Correct. So I'd put Car- a Cousins last. I probably would, too. And then Minshew, Minshew's solid. Minshew's solid. I don't know if the London thing's going to affect him. He feels like a guy who could do something weird in London. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Just He's, do something weird. Yeah. But they're all good. The question is now, let's look at the bad matchups. Would you play them over any of these guys? And we got Lamar Jackson against the Patriots. Whew. Kyler Murray on here every week. Uh, we don't even need to talk about him. Against San Francisco, he's out. Don't play Kyler. What do we look at? No, t- Zero touchdown passes in four of the last five games? Yeah. Like, he's not good. Like I Look, I know I made the Aaron Rodgers is droppable proclamation, and <laughs> he's rubbed it in my face. <laughs> Kyler Murray's droppable, and I feel confident with saying that. Yep. All right. Uh, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is on here at the Chargers. Carson Wentz uh, at home against the Bears. Jacoby Brissett. At Pittsburgh, we could even throw Tom Brady on here too. Although I don't think Baltimore is a very good defense, so I wouldn't be overly scared of Tom Brady. No. The big question this week is Lamar Jackson, one of fantasy's best quarterbacks, playing a historically good defense. Can you sit him? I don't think so. I don't think I could sit him for any of the guys we have on our good matchup list. Right. That's um, yeah. That's the real question. Dan, you know, maybe Matthew Stafford. Maybe uh, they're right next to each other in our rankings. Yeah. I think I would play Lamar. Um, I, yeah, I look at it as like a like he has a better floor than any other quarterback in fantasy, probably because of his rushing. I think. Yeah. So, but against the Patriots, right? It's yeah. it's like how do, what we don't know. I mean, they haven't faced anybody close to him this season, mm-hmm. and so I think he could sort of back his way into like two hundred yards passing, fifty yards rushing. And a, and a touchdown in there somewhere, and then he's already got an okay day, and that sounds like a poor day for him. Right. So I, I don't know how you can. I mean, you would feel way worse. I think mm-hmm. you sort of are taking a risk, but I think you would feel way worse if you sat him and he had a normal Lamar Jackson game. Right. Then you would feel if you played him, knowing he's facing the Patriots, knowing eh, it's going to be tough, and then he struggled. I I, so, I don't think you could sit him. So the, cro- the closest. So they the Patriots have faced two. Running quarterbacks. Josh Allen, yep. who threw for 153 yards, no touchdowns. They knocked him out of the game. Three picks. Third quarter. Right. 26 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown and knocked out of the game. And then Daniel Jones, 161 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, eight rushing yards. Yeah, but if like those guys are running quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson's like a sprinting quarterback. Exactly. So 
Yeah, I, I agree. God, I mean, you saw, I'm sure you've probably seen that stat about Belichick versus first and second year quarterbacks. Yep. And Lamar, I don't think Lamar, look, Lamar Jackson faced the Steelers, who are pretty, I think, smart slash good defense a couple weeks ago, threw three picks, took five sacks. I don't think he's going to do much passing. I really don't. The question is, can he get that one passing touchdown? And then can he, I mean, I think for him to really have value, he's going to need to rush for like 80 plus and get a rushing touchdown. It's possible. You're right. I'd probably start him. There's other guys. I don't know if I'd start and I might start Carr over him. He's the one guy I would think about. But yeah, you just got, you got to, you can't bail on him. It's so tough. The other guys, Wentz, I think he's probably on the bench. I think I'd start most of the guys in the good matchups ahead of him. Yeah. I'd worry about Jimmy G just because they run so much. And maybe Cousins for the same reason. Chicago, look, they're not great defensively. They're pretty good. Um, you never know with Wentz. You know, Deshaun Jackson might be back. I think that might be the the that could tip the scales if Deshaun Jackson's back. I think so too. Yep. And then so Rodgers is one. I honestly think he is going to come back to earth. And I, after the last three weeks he's had, I'm sure if you have him, you're starting him. You're not thinking twice. Because the Chargers, they don't scare you. And then you look at the stats, and it's like, wow, they limit quarterbacks. But Rodgers on a roll. He's throwing to his running backs. I feel like they're going to run on the Chargers a lot, and we're going to see him regress back to those early games. But I totally understand why no one people wouldn't sit him. Yeah, and, and Devontae Adams obviously matters a lot there too. That's a big I mean, one for sure. We don't know sure. what's up with him yet. And then Brissette. I like him. He's steady, but last week he struggled, and Pittsburgh's been pretty good against quarterbacks, so I feel like he's on the bench this week. But yeah, he's benchable. He's for... fairly high floor, low, low ceiling. Right. But just— But I think you take the ceiling of the good matchups so yeah, over you, him this oh week. Yeah, I'd throw Gardner Minshew out there. Check yeah. it around, son. Let's see it. All right, let's go to running backs. Good. I'm mentioning Alexander Madison, even though he's a backup, because KC, a backup can have value against them. Uh, Melvin Gordon. Much maligned Melvin Gordon, 2.5 yards a carry Melvin Gordon against Green Bay. Frank Gore and Devin Singletary against Washington. Adrian Peterson against Buffalo, like I said before, quietly, I think, top 10 in fantasy points allowed to running backs. And the Broncos guys against Cleveland. Uh, We'll start with Madison. It's tough to ever start a backup. Like, this could be a week with, you know, Gurley and and Mixon and and Freeman and and Kamara slash Latavius Murray on by. You have to. But... Yeah, I mean, you're really counting on, and again, if Mahomes plays, that probably takes it out of the the equation. Yep. Because you're kind of counting on garbage time a little bit, which is real tough to do. Yeah, you're you're just betting on him breaking one or, or finding the end zone once. And yeah. I mean, unless yeah, unless you're in a rough spot. I mean, we'll get to the bad matchup guys yeah. in a minute, but they're going to get more volume. And yeah, yeah. At this He's I don't think Madison ceiling. has enough. Even enough volume in any game script mm-hmm. to like automatically vault him over anyone, really. Yeah, it would definitely require an injury, which you can't predict, or garbage time, which you can't predict. His season high in carries, 14. Yeah. And that was when they blew out Philly, or they won by 18. Yeah, I mean, he just had 13 against the Skins. And they only won by 10, which is, I mean, they were running out the clock late, but it's still kind of funny. That wasn't a blowout by any means. Yeah. It's but, just like he's just going to have less chance to find the end zone yeah. than most guys because he's going get to get the ball less. Right, I agree. So Melvin Gordon, I really like this week. I'm going out on a limb predicting like a breakout game. And he scored here a couple weeks in a row. He's still involved in the passing game. And even though Austin Eckler is, you know, basically a wide receiver at this point, 
And it just feels like Melvin Gordon, and the Packers have a bad run defense. And I don't know. I just feel it kind of all comes together in this game. And I'm not saying he's going to have 140 yards and three touchdowns. I'm, I mean, even for Melvin Gordon, if he can get 80 in a touchdown, another 20-some receiving, it's going to feel like a breakout game for him. But am I being overly optimistic? I don't know. That team just, I mean, they just seem broken and not put together. And he obviously seems like a part of that. He hasn't done anything. Yeah, Green Bay is an okay matchup, but. Uh, yeah, there are six six months fantasy. And points like, away. frankly, if you've been playing Gordon the last couple of weeks, you're probably playing him again. You probably are in a spot where that makes sense, but I don't see it coming. I okay. don't see any sort of. I mean, yeah, could he get seventy yards and a touchdown? I guess so. Mm-hmm. And then that's a decent fantasy day, right? But like, like you said, I don't think there's a big day coming. And I think before he started playing this season, you would have figured he had a few big games coming. It yeah. does, doesn't look like that's going to I feel happen. like, though, he is always like a multi-touchdown candidate. Yeah, like, I guess. Kind of quietly. But, but on this team, on this team with the way mm-hmm. their offense is right now, is he? Because, it's a fair question. Because, like, th- th- I'm looking at their results, and they've been in close games since he's been back, but it's yeah. like all those games they were down big, and then they sort of, like, worked their way right. back into it. It's like, yuck. And you just, yeah, and, I mean, I think it is 2.5 yards a carry. It's been bad. It is 2.5 yards a yeah. carry, yep. Gosh, that's... And somehow 3.4 yards per catch. It's just amazing that a guy <laughs> can cost himself this much money trying to get more money. <laughs> yeah, he missed a little bit. He's, he's got he's got eight weeks or nine weeks yeah. here to, to make himself... Because a, a couple of weeks ago, it was like, okay, you start slow. Sure, he's been holding out. I mean, now he's played, what, four games? Four games, yeah. It's There's no... Uh, Working his way back into shape arguments anymore. No, might need the rest of the team to work its way back into shape. Though. Yeah, so Gore Singletary, real interesting. We had the huge split last week in snaps in favor of Singletary, but they were losing and losing you know, by multiple scores, so I think that had something to do with it. But nonetheless, every single week with these two, we'll sit here and say, well, Singletary's better. He should get more touches. I bet he's going to get more touches. And then Gore just gets all the carries. How much can you trust either of these guys in a, in a good matchup against Washington, who we kind of saw the Vikings run all over last week? I think I trust Singletary more because of his explosiveness, and I do think sort of game script independent, he'll just be on the field more. Mm-hmm. I do think it's a pretty safe bet that Gore will you know play twenty to twenty five plays and get carries on like half. He didn't of them. get a touchdown too, right? I feel so, like it's so he's going to so he's going to have like twelve carries for like yeah. forty or fifty yards and might score. So. Gore's like a good floor player, I think, mm-hmm. because basically when he's on the field, they give him the football. Right. He's just not that explosive anymore. Singletary's sort of the, like, taking a shot that, like, the Bills just crush Washington and, and he's heavily involved, which he could be. Um, but definitely more variance with Singletary. I think Gore, Gore definitely good floor game. Right. Um, like, if you were making DFS, you know, comparisons, Gore would be your cash game, cheap guy, and Singletary yeah. would be your GPP guy. Right. I feel like fantasy owners are trying to speak Singletary into existence. Yeah. They're just like, no, it has to happen. Clearly, they'll 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 realize he's better. And then it just, no, it's an NFL coach. They I do like think veterans. That, the thing is, I do think they realize he's good because he's on the field so much. Yes. It's just he's on the field in situations that aren't automatic, give him the ball, right. where, like, when they put Frank Gore in, they might as well hand it off to him because well, otherwise, why is he on the field? And last week was weird because, you know, he's on the field a lot in, in catch-up mode, but Josh Allen was just tucking and running a lot right. and it right. was because of the high wind. So that was a real weird game. Um, yeah, so, I, it's, man, yeah, you're right about the whole DFS versus cash game or tournament versus cash game nature of that backfield. Adrian Peterson, no. look, this is—so right, you just go no— this is his last stand, though. 
week 10 by Darius Geis coming back in week 11. Homie's got to, gotta, you know, make a case for his You, you know how I job. was talking down Alexander Madison? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I play Alexander Madison over AP. I, I think, I mean, I thought this a couple weeks ago, and he'd like half proved me wrong. I mean, he kind of proved me wrong a little bit. Like, I think he's pretty much done, and I yeah. don't think there are. I mean, the other problem is, like, their offense isn't that good, right? Well, if, like, yes. <laughs> if he was a washed-up running back on Kansas City right, and played 75% of the snaps for Kansas City. So LaShawn McCoy is what you're, you're comparing I mean, Shady's to. a lot less washed up than AP is, but yeah, uh, we can debate that yes, off air. Sure. But, uh, or not debate it. Fair. <laughs> it's not really a debate. But uh, it's a debate. I, I don't want to play AP this week. I mean, I'd be look if I had him, I'd be looking for other options. I don't know yeah. if they really exist, but. No, I agree. And the thing is, though, yeah, I, I don't think it's weird that Buffalo has that bad of a run defense, you know, in terms of fantasy points allowed. But he's, uh, I don't know. You're right. Uh, it doesn't feel like this is a good play for him. But I do wonder if, like, he ran hard last week. Maybe it was the revenge game factor. I run hard sometimes when I, like, go out for a run. In but, NFL uh, games? Not in NFL games, not but I mean, games. just like... That's what you do. You run hard, man. That's true. But, uh, yeah, I think he did surprise people last week because he had the injury and it was a good defense. But, yeah, I wouldn't play him this week. The Broncos, guys. So now we're getting a shift. We've seen Royce Freeman score on short yardage runs the last couple weeks. Philip Lindsay was still in there on short yardage. Yep. I think they passed, though. I mean, I don't know what the hell they were doing Yeah, last they week. passed three straight plays from, like, the three. And now we have a new quarterback who's never thrown a pass at the NFL. Shout out Brandon Allen. If it's I don't know. The Browns are really bad run defense. It feels like they can both have good games. I don't even know anymore which which guy you lean toward. <laughs> no. Nah, I, I, I truly don't. I mean, Lindsey plays a little more and gets a few right. more touches, but yeah. No, I think I mean, I think they're both plays this week and I'm assuming that most people don't have them both on the same fantasy team, so they're not even right. concerned with that necessarily. Um I, I think you can play on both. You could have had both on the same fantasy team, but you didn't want to trade me Corey Davis. Hey, man, I, I guess I should have <laughs> traded you Corey Davis while he was hot. But, yeah. I, but I also wouldn't play both. I think I would still probably play Lindsey over Freeman. Yeah, I would slightly. too. He's just better, right? It just feels that but way. But maybe he's – like Freeman looks Freeman good looks this year. Freeman looks fine, yeah. I, yeah. I really think they're about as even as you can get. Right. Like They really are. Coin flip. Right. All right, let's go to the bad matchups. Mark Ingram, quietly, as you've pointed out the last couple of weeks, playing fewer and fewer snaps at New England. Kenyon Drake, we've already talked about him against the 49ers. David Montgomery broke out last week, but this week it's Philly. And then the Chiefs guys, who we've talked a lot about already, against Minnesota. Uh, by the way, LeSean McCoy averaging 5.2 yards a carry, so he is less washed up than Adrian Peterson. Thank you. Mark Ingram, I don't think, I don't think people who own him are even going to consider sitting him this week. But I think they are. I mean, like, if we just sat here and talked about should we sit Lamar Jackson. Right. People who own Mark Ingram are definitely looking at New England. And maybe it's not quite as scary as the New England pass defense, but they're definitely looking at the Patriots and saying, should we sit Mark Ingram? And I think the answer for him is, like, probably if you've got— I mean, like, I'd play a Bronco over him. So I think the big difference is Lamar Jackson, you might have Stafford or Carr. Whereas if Mark Ingram— It is running back. yeah. Yeah, then you're tougher. Yeah, I think the touchdown upside is makes it tough to sit. I don't think people realize he's playing such fewer snaps either. Does he have touchdown upside in this game though? He has less. That's for damn sure. Like, yeah. What? I mean, nothing makes me think he's going to score a touchdown this week. Right. 
if anybody's going to score a touchdown, it's probably going to be Lamar doing some crazy stuff. Right. That's what it feels like. Yeah. I do think he's quietly a sit that most people aren't considering a sit. So I agree, I, I agree with you there. We're talking about Drake. David Montgomery had his breakout this week, Philly. You know, the Bears, the Bears, Matt Nagy has to realize, like, we got to run. <laughs> we can't trust Mitchell Trubisky. We have this talented. Re- now, to be fair, Montgomery hasn't really been good this year. So maybe he's not as good as we think or we want to think. But I still think he he clearly has talent. Would you play him this week against Philadelphia? I'd feel fine playing him. Okay, um, I think I'd play him over Ingram. I think the touch volume is generally there. To me, they're neck and neck. Yeah. Him and Ingram this week. And I would probably side with the veteran just because I think he's better in a in a better offense. But I I I have no problem with someone you know wanting to play Montgomery over him. Now here's what I want to point out about him though. After this week, here's his here's his schedule: Lions, Rams, Giants, Lions, then Cowboys, Packers, Chiefs. So trade for David Montgomery. I think so. Yeah. Like, there's a couple, you know, that Cowboys start isn't great, but all the rest are pretty favorable, even the Rams. Um, and that takes you to the fantasy playoffs, finishes with the Vikings. Who cares? Week 17. That's a nice schedule. And yeah. uh, I think he's the kind of guy who could really take off in the second half, especially as the Bears yeah, again. He's going he's gonna to do that thing where he vaults himself into being a first-round pick next year. I totally see it. I could totally see it. So he's real interesting. And then the Chiefs guys against Minnesota, we kind of already talked about that. I, I really don't f- think you can start either or any. But, you know, Mahomes If is you bad. had to, LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. But, but Yeah, I think that's, that's you don't feel where we're at. About it. All right, wide receivers. A lot of interesting guys. Anthony what Miller. A, what a list of guys. It's a, yeah, I try, I try to go with those borderline or those guys who maybe you're not no, thinking about. Yeah. Anthony Miller against Philadelphia. Chris Conley has had a couple big weeks against Houston and London. Danny Amendola coming on here against Oakland. All the Jets guys, there's three of them, maybe kind of only really two, but we'll throw Demarius in there against Miami. Cole Beasley, two straight games with a touchdown against Washington. When you look at that list, who stands out to you as a guy you're like, yes. I I would play him as a wide receiver three, almost no questions asked. If D.D. Westbrook's out, Chris Conley's a really good play, I think. Mm-hmm. And I like Amendola against Oakland. I, I think Amendola is going to be the sneaky beneficiary, maybe, of on Johnson being out. Mm-hmm. We'll need a, another week or two to know that for sure. Right. But he had another good—first time he's had two good games in a row, eight catches last week. I mean, especially in PPR— I think Amendola and probably Cole Beasley are great plays. And I think the top two Jets guys, mm-hmm. both Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson against the Dolphins, are pretty much must-starts. Now, Crowder hasn't really done anything. Yeah. It, it's weird. We we kind of, you know, he had the big week one. Then the first week, Darnold was back. He did well, had a bunch of targets. And then last week, he was bad. I, I, sometimes I don't know if he's as reliable as we'd like to think. But against the Dolphins, yeah. I mean, we've just seen it too many times. I, I just think, I mean— we're look if you're comparing him to like let's say Amendola or Beasley. I mean, he's sort of like them, but better and in right. a better matchup. Well, and the so. thing with Amendola is big week one, nothing for five games or right. however long it was. Then two straight good games. They still have Marvin Jones. They still have Kenny Galladay. This is a good matchup for T.J. Hawkinson. They're throwing more. So, but the idea that they could support four receivers is tough. And yeah. Hawkinson's kind of been the odd man out. Right. But I do think he's going to have a good game this week. We've talked about him in a minute. But, yeah, it's tough to start them in standard. I'll throw Beasley in, even in there, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, certainly in PPR, I think you kind of like their chances. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and Anthony Miller, 
his snaps kind of went down last week after they were trending up, but he still had like 60-some yards. Yeah, I like him in that. I think he's talented. Philly, we know, can't really cover receivers, but he is a clear number two on a team with a bad passing offense, so is it worth ever taking a chance on him? But, I mean, that Trubisky's the obvious problem there, and he's the worst quarterback that any of these guys have, and so that's maybe why Miller's a step behind the other ones. Mm-hmm. But, but I like him. He's got some upside this week. He He's probably more of a standard league play than, than Amendola or Beasley, maybe. For sure. I agree with that. Yeah, I think he's interesting, and, uh, you know, he's one of my preseason sleepers who's totally flop, but... He could be he could be interesting. It's time to shine now. Another maybe second half guy to watch. And then he'll be a sleeper for you again next year, probably. Hey, the worse he does, the more of a sleeper he is going yep. into next year. So some bad matchups. I mean, Ravens New England, that's where we start everything. Hollywood Brown, assuming he's back. We got the two Browns guys, just like last week we talked about them. Another bad one against Denver. Terry McLaurin against Buffalo. Larry Fitzgerald, who's really struggled the last couple weeks despite good matchups. He's against San Francisco. And then Alshon. It's a revenge game. But uh, uh, Alshon there against Chicago. I don't know. I feel like Hollywood don't play. Yeah. I think I mean, big play forward. upside, but yeah. uh, I feel like the Browns, I mean, it's the same thing with Lamar, right? Where it's just like, got to play OBJ. Yeah, but, uh, but we said last week you could sit him, and that worked. I right. mean, Denver's not quite New England, but cornerback-wise, pretty de- pretty good. He was good. thinking about giving his shoes away before the game, during the game. Yeah, I know, those goat, <laughs> goat hair shoes. God, that, that would so annoy me so much if I was on his team. It's one of those things where you're like, does it really make a difference? No, but it's still just annoying. Yeah. It's like, dude, you just got your ass kicked again. But and, yeah, I think you're right. It's really hard to sit him for like... Chris Conley or Anthony yeah, Miller. but now Landry, it's easier to justify that at least in your head. Yeah, but he's in a way been more consistent. Yeah, so I think you're playing both, especially Landry and PPR. But ugh, wouldn't want to. Yeah, I'd feel fine sitting Landry this week. I think McLaurin should be sat. I mean, three out of the last four games, I think he hasn't done anything or it hasn't done much, I should say. And God, I mean, they're starting their quarterback situation's a mess. Well, and Tre'Davious White's one of the best cornerbacks. In exactly, the and it just feels like you know it's weird because you got to people love rookies who get off the hot starts. They just think they're the best. Well, I mean, Terry McLaurin's really good. I think. I think he is good. They, yeah, there's just too much working against him in that game. Right, I agree. Fitz, I feel he's got to be sat. We've just yeah. seen so little from that team. You know, from Kyler Murray specifically, and especially in a tough matchup, I don't think you can play him anymore. No, I don't think so. Or at least, I mean, this week you can't play him. And then Jeffrey, I'd play him, though, still. He's fine, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely enough. an interesting contrast in these good and bad bad lists between guys that are, like, definitely below mm-hmm. the bad guys mostly. If Deshaun plays, would that change your mind at all on Alshon Jeffrey? I don't think so. I feel like his workload probably is about the same. Yeah, there's such different Deshaun. types of receivers. Right. <clears throat> I would play Deshaun Jackson, though, definitely, if he started. He's a guy that, I mean, he's one of those, like, really hard to sit guys. Yeah. And, and there's nobody that, like, strikes But he's a lot. wide receiver three who's impossible to sit. Like, it's he's a weird thing where you're just like, I have to play him because of the boom right. upside. All right. All right. But he's been that way for a decade. Pretty much, yeah. All right, tight end. Bunch of good ones. TJ Hawkinson at Oakland. Cameron Brait at Seattle. We're assuming OJ Howard's not going to play. Vance McDonald versus Indianapolis. Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle against Pittsburgh. We could even throw Darren Fells in here again. We uh, uh, I like against, Fels. against Jacksonville. Yeah. So those guys, like, would you trust TJ Hawkinson, who's been real up and down? Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about how matchup dependent he's been, but this is a good matchup. Mm-hmm. We know he's like a good player. Um, if you own him, he's you're probably in a spot where you're starting him and 
you got to feel pretty good about this one. I mean, mm-hmm. he definitely could bust, though. He, he's an inconsistent oh, sure. tight end. But uh, if there's ever a week in the last bunch to rely on him, it's this one. Right. Yeah, I, I, I like him this week. It's just the red zone targets. Mm-hmm. He's tied for fifth, and he's missed one week because of bye and another half game. They just love throwing to him down there. Bray got six targets last week. He didn't do much with it. More targets than O.J. Howard had in any game this That's season. That's right. And uh, so even though he didn't do much with it against Seattle, pretty bad pass defense or tight end defense, I think he's going to be a. I think he's going to be playable. I'll put it that I agree way. With that. Yeah. You never know Jameis on the road in Seattle. Anything could happen. Obviously, those two receivers. Both receivers don't have big games at the same time. So Yeah. And we know the running backs are terrible. Uh, Vance McDonald... <laughs> He's had one good game. Really hasn't done anything else. Yeah, he's been disappointing. Four targets last week, which, eh, whatever. Indy, not great. They've kind of allowed two, I think, a couple big games. Pretty good otherwise. He's pretty borderline for me. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely below a guy like Brait. I mean, the, the Mason Rudolph is the problem there, I think. Yeah, he's if, a big problem. If, like, Ben was the quarterback, you'd feel pretty good about McDonald most weeks. But, man, Rudolph stinks. And, mm-hmm. and uh, like you said, I don't think Indy's, like, a, a terribly great matchup. It's, right. it's, it's fine. It's, but. it's favorable on paper, but it's it's kind of weird. So, yeah, I'm not totally sold on him. Ebron Doyle is really interesting to me. Pittsburgh hasn't been great. They're they're the team that's like they've they've allowed two two touchdown games to tight ends. Will okay. Disley and Hunter Henry. Right. The rest have been solid. So I think their numbers are inflated a bit. But we kind of know what these guys do. Where Ebron's kind of the touchdown or bust. Doyle plays more, often gets more targets. So maybe Doyle PPR Ebron standard. I don't know. They're, yeah, I don't even know. They're in that mix. It, it feels like Doyle like is more likely to. Ha- it's weird. It feels like Doyle's more likely to have three catches, mm-hmm. but that Ebron is more likely to have five catches. Right. And a, and more likely to have a touchdown, which like doesn't seem to make sense, but it's like they like Ebron when he's on the field. Yeah. Doyle's just out there more. But, I mean, he's out there for a lot of running plays and stuff, so the, that's kind of skewed anyways. Yeah. But if I was playing when I play Ebron, in our league I just picked up Ebron um, to with Gerald Everett on by, and I'm playing him and feel okay about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Would you I, play either over our bad matchups? I have Mark Andrews written down, of course, against New England. And then I'm going to throw in Zach Ertz, too, against Chicago, who's obviously disappointed. Dallas Goddard's on the rise. Would you play any of those guys over those two? Any of the good guys? Any of the good guys. I think I'd probably play Hawkinson, Ebron, and Brait over Andrews. Wow. I think the only guy I consider with Ertz is Hawkinson. I I, I think... uh, I think there's a chance New England just totally takes Andrews out of the game. Right. I think Ertz like has four or five catches for an unexciting amount of yards per catch right. and maybe scores. Um, he's due. <laughs> he's been due all season, but uh, he's due. Well, so ha- Andrews is interesting because at least seven targets in every game this year. You know, Hollywood Brown does matter with Andrews. A yeah, lot, I agree I completely. Think. I think if Hollywood plays now, he's going to be locked up by Stephon Gilmore. So maybe that actually just makes it seem like he's not playing. Mm-hmm. But the weeks that Hollywood hasn't played. Plus week one, when Hollywood only was on the field for like 15 plays, mm-hmm. Andrews got a ton of targets. Right. The only week that he got a bunch of targets when Hollywood was playing a full allotment of snaps was week two. Since mm-hmm. then, it's it's been one or the other. Right. So I think if Hollywood's out, um, they'll try to force feed Andrews. I don't know if it'll work, but I think it'll be enough right. to, to put him over the top. And he was dropping passes in their last game. It's ah, it's tough to sit a tight end who has who gets that many targets, but 
He right. really hasn't done much for the last five games. I think definitely in PPR you're playing him just because of the volume. Standard though, yeah, you can you can go to one of those other guys. Uh, all right, let's go to defense. A lot of uh, a lot of them. They might not be on waivers anymore uh, on the free agent wire anymore, but good matchups. These guys, these were all uh, owned in fewer than fifty percent of Yahoo leagues going into the waiver period. The Panthers at home against Tennessee. The Colts at Pittsburgh. Somehow Pittsburgh isn't a statistically bad matchup or statistically a good matchup for fantasy DSTs, but I'm just like, no, nah, I've seen too much of Mason Rudolph to not think yeah, that's a favorable I, matchup. I mean, a couple weeks. I mean, he got lucky on the the Juju catch and run into mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson's touchdown in the same week, the, his first week. And, I mean, to Deontay Johnson's touchdown this last right. game was lucky. I mean, a lot of... A lot of regression to the mean coming in the bad direction for the Pittsburgh Yeah, offense. I mean, those picks. And if the true. running backs are out, yeah, I mean, Jalen Samuels and Mason Rudolph, if that's Ugh. their starting backfield, like, give me the and Colts And Indy defense. hasn't done much this year at all, but no. I feel they're good enough. No, there's, I mean, I feel like their secondary is the worry point, and if Mason yeah. Rudolph can't throw, then that doesn't even matter. Right. All right, the Browns at Denver and Brandon Allen. The Broncos in that same game against INT leader tied with James Winston. Uh like what a top Browns. of the leaderboard. I know. The Cowboys, two number one overalls. Cowboys get Daniel True. Jones, who we already talked about. And then the Jets get the get the Miami Golden Ticket matchup this week. Jets, who aren't good, don't have C.J. Mosley. I don't—it's tough to trust them, but you can pretty much trust anyone against the Dolphins. It does feel that way, but they're one of the more—man, can you really trust them? That I mean— Mosley does matter. Jamal Adams, they just tried to trade him. He's going to be ticked off. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can stream him against the Dolphins. They, they won't, like, it won't blow up in your face. They, they seem less likely to, to have two touchdowns or eight sacks or something. I mean, but. it's just like against the Dolphins, you're getting at least three sacks. You're getting at least two takeaways. Right. That's, that's like the like. baseline, right. and they're not scoring more than right. – 17 yeah, points. Yeah, so the, the Jets are fine. Yeah, I um, think so too. Of those other ones, I think the Panthers – at home against Ryan Tannehill. Tennessee, again, they're not bad statistically either against defenses, but Ryan Tannehill on the road, I know he's been good in his two home starts, but with a team with a really good pass rush like Carolina, I just I think you play Carolina. Yeah, they're a good defense. Don't I mean, really think about they're, it. They're pretty much an every week play. So the Browns-Broncos are interesting. Yeah. Because the Browns haven't been that good, but it's Brandon Allen. So I think you're you're gonna take your chances there. Well, yeah, and I think the boys on the outside are supposed to be back for Cleveland. Yeah, um, and Miles Garrett's gonna be looking his chops going after that guy. So right, and I, I, like for me, the Browns might be the best on this on this list, and that okay, that's probably not the popular thing, especially with Denver's ru- running backs. But right, see, I would say Dallas just because I think so little of Daniel. Like I, that's fair. I like Daniel Jones in general, but he's gonna make mistakes, kind of like Josh Allen yeah. last year. Yeah. Because that's another defense we could have put on here is Washington against the Bills. Um, but yeah, he's cleaned, it, he's he's cleaned things up a little bit, uh, Josh Allen, in the turnover department. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then the Broncos, another defense that kind of hasn't been – they've been inconsistent. They've had a couple big sack games. But but I just think Baker Mayfield on the road, apparently he had another sort of unhinged rant today. Uh, I, I don't know. I think you you're he's going to throw picks. You're going to get sacks. So it's kind of similar, actually, to the Jets against Miami in that you have a baseline of three sacks and two takeaways. And then if you can do anything else, and when you're at home, and especially that that home crowd, I don't know. I, I feel like they're going to score, the Browns are. but Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't feel as good about a, 
a defense going against Nick Chubb and those two wide receivers. So here's a choice I have. Seattle, maybe I don't have any more. Maybe someone picked up Seattle. But Seattle against Tampa or Denver against Cleveland. That's a good one. That's, I like, feel the like, same, that's I feel, like the same thing. It really is. And I feel like Denver is a slightly better defense. I feel like Denver's better. I agree with you. But I feel like the Tampa offense is slightly more combustible. Yeah. But it's That's weird. like a tie. They have stud receivers probably better. I mean, they have better receivers yeah. than, than uh, Cleveland. And uh, Cleveland has a better running back. Much better. <laughs> so, yeah. So there you go. Bad matchups. The Jaguars against Houston in London. Maybe the Vikings if Patrick Mahomes plays at Kansas City. And then uh, the Ravens shouldn't even be on fantasy teams. I think they have a really good matchup next week. That's so maybe right. you're, yeah. you're planning ahead for some Bengals. It is the uh, something like that. Week ten, Baltimore is playing the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, but they had the Bengals what last week or two weeks ago and didn't week do six, much. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, Jaguars they had three picks each of the last two games. They get sacks. We know Houston gives up sacks. It probably feels like they're playable. Maybe they are. Like they're not awful. Yeah, I think they're playable. But, uh, but with like, so many streamable right, defenses, right. you can do better. Right. Put it that way. And then, uh, yeah, Baltimore, whatever. Vikings, again, comes down to Mahomes. So that's pretty much it for them. Yeah, and the Jags defense does have a bye next week, so that's another you can bail on them now. Right. You don't, you don't really need them. Uh, you know, they're fine, but nothing great. So, all right. We cover it all. We didn't talk about Jonu Smith, who's just like our new favorite guy. That's true. He's solid. Yeah, because he really doesn't have a good matchup no. per se, but it's not right. a bad one. And. No. He's getting targets, and he's very athletic. He's definitely a guy I could see next year being like a top five darling on fantasy tight end rankings. Yeah, for sure. And, and it seems like Tannehill's made things work there, so maybe right. he's even a guy that, now, that helps on you the, out. On the road— I don't know if I love him this week. Yeah. He's more of like a broad, like, he's coming on, he's right. going to last longer than Cameron Braid is. Like Johnny Smith. Correct. Yes, yes. No, I agree. He's interesting, and he's got a good name. Uh, we yeah, had a bunch does. of bunch middle name's Andre too, so Johnu Andre. Yeah, there's I, J-A. Think, I looked up back to back guys, F-I-U. tight ends. I think is Darren FIU the Owls or FAU's the Owls? FAU's the Owls, I think. Yeah. Right? What about Darren Fells? Um, I like him. I think he's Andre too. I looked him up back to back, and they're both Andres. Middle names. Yeah, there's a bunch of revenge games this week. We already talked about a couple of them. There's a few I probably don't even remember anymore. We always love those. You never know what's going to happen. Sometimes you get the Fitz, Fitz Magic revenge game, like Monday night, which was a big one. Uh, so yeah, yeah and that, that was the yeah that was crazy. The it'll be a good week. Fitzpatrick crime there. That's right. Uh, we got the 9:30 London game, 9:30 Eastern, and uh, you better wake up for that one, guys. Gardner Minshew's going to do something crazy. You know it. And uh, Kenny Stills will go off this week too. Now that people are yeah, blown probably. a waiver claim on him and he didn't do much, right? So and then they've dropped him again because they're overreactionary. That's right. Yep. And, yep. So it'll be fun. Six buys and we ten plan ahead. Now we have our waiver wire watch list up on our site to help you. Plan ahead. Maybe make some pickups before the rush if you have that free roster spot or as soon as a guy, like for instance, if you own Matt Breida and he doesn't play Thursday and you're on Yahoo, I don't know if other sites do this, you can put him in that IR spot once he's officially out for the week and then you can get a free body in, in your just a stash. Why not? Boost the morale of the team. You're bringing a new body. It shows them that you want to win. That's right. The mood in the room it shows increases. commitment to winning. Better. Yeah. So yeah. So so uh, yeah. Take advantage of all those little loopholes and uh, get ready in advance the best you can. And all we, right. We also didn't mention that Matt's alma mater's 
greatest athlete ever competition will be decided tonight by Max Scherzer in the Max World Scherzer, Series. Max Scherzer is right now the front runner for Mizzou's greatest ath- professional athlete of all time, narrowly ahead of Kellen Winslow, the first, not the soldier, the first, the Chargers tight end. And uh, if, if Max brings it home tonight, I think it's official. I think it is. And uh, I hope he says so right in that initial post-game interview with Ken it's Rosenthal. the first thing he says. I hope he says, like, what, what, is there a phrase at Mizzou that's like, not go Tiger? I mean, is there a phrase? Well, when I was at school, they used to say, it's a great time to be a Tiger. That was sort of the athletic if Max department. Max Scherzer, yeah. former Detroit Tiger, that's right. says that. After winning the World Series for the Nationals, mm-hmm. that would be the greatest moment in Missouri history. Oh I my think. God! I mean, yeah, I can't think like of just the state, not even the better. university, just the, the whole state. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I can't think of anything better. I mean, I'm not from Missouri, but yeah, I can't certainly can't think of anything yeah, better for the I. school. Yep. So yeah, so that's exciting. We'll definitely be watching that narrowly edging out. Blaine Gabbert's a solid three on that list. So that's. Blaine Gabbert might not even be three on the quarterback list. That's worrisome. No, he's not number three on the quarterback <laughs> list. No. Brad Smith, kick returner, and, and part-time wide receivers is higher than him. Yeah, Brad Smith is good, man. He was fun. Gadgety. Yeah, he's ahead of his time. He was people don't time. realize. Ahead of his time. They weren't even calling it the Wildcat when he did it. It was just, hey, Brad Smith's in there playing quarterback. Yeah, why not? He's a college quarterback. Same thing. All right. That's it. Go to sportingnews.com slash fantasy for everything else you could possibly need. And uh, we'll have you covered on Sunday, too, on our Twitter. SN underscore fantasy, and of course on the site. So for Billy Hay and I am Matt Latusky. Thanks for listening, and until next time.